I'm Heather. And I'm Brooke. We're two mompreneurs and friends for almost 10 years who've watched each other go from single AF to married with child. Soon to be children. Tune in every Wednesday to hear us and our lovely guests dish about motherhood, entrepreneurship, relationships, and tips on how we try to balance it all. We're ready to let it all hang out. Yes, all of it. The pretty, the messy, the too tight for our skinny jeans. If only for a good therapeutic laugh or cry. Hashtag real talk. Welcome to a space for soul. We're excited to share ours with you. Hey everyone, we are happy it's hump day and even more excited to be spending time with the lovely Emily Brown of Genetic Garden. She is back um, and we are just so excited to dig into some more stuff with her. So say hey, Emily. Hi, ladies. Thank you again for having me. Hi, Hi Emily. Emily. You're our hey, first yeah. repeat guest, girl. All right, it's an honor. (laughs) Yeah, I guess this means we love you, or more importantly, you love us. I think that's how it goes. (laughs) Um, But for those of you guys um, who weren't on um, listening to the first episode we had Emily on, she's a functional nutritionist, and she specializes in DNA-based wellness. Um, So if you want to go back and listen, she was on episode 13 talking all about DNA and nutrition, We had such good feedback from um, our listeners about just the wealth of information that you were able to provide. So we're excited to have you again this week, um, mostly because there was just so much information. We couldn't fit it all in one. So we were like, we got to get her back here. Um, But we did, if you listen back, we did some food sensitivity testing of our own. And I found out that I'm sensitive to peanuts, which I love peanuts, Um, apparently, but my body doesn't. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> I'm sensitive to wheat and gluten, which I thought was actually hilarious because I was dead set that I was going to get told I had a dairy allergy, especially because I had to give up dairy when breastfeeding Vaughn. So the fact that carbs are my worst enemy was like, uh, what? <laughs> Me and white bread get along really well, but apparently we don't. So um, now I know why I've always had that little poochie going on. I've got wheat gut. So um Yes, Brooke, we won't be doing a PB&J anytime soon because no. that is out for us. <laughs> well, I can have a PB, no, not a PB. I can have an almond and jelly. That's like my jam, no pun intended, for pregnancy. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and I could find some, uh, I need recommendations for some awesome gluten-free, wheat-free bread because I haven't found it yet. I've been trying. It's really freaking hard. Um, but we are not having Emily back to just, cry about our allergies or sensitivities, I should say, I learned. We have Emily back for round two because she is going to be talking about hormones um, and nutrition, which we're so excited about. It actually kind of ties into last week where we had shut the fig up on talking about hormones and anxiety um, and panic disorder for mental health awareness week, um, month, excuse me. So this is perfect because nutrition is such a big part of how she manages that and hormone balance in general. Um, nutrition can play such a big role. So, um, Emily, let's just dig in. I know we have a lot to talk about. Um, so this episode is probably going to be a little bit longer than normal and um, really, really interesting. I'm so excited to really get into this since it's such a big part of our lives. 
Yay. So I will take the first question on for you. So um, for listeners who weren't able to listen to episode 13 yet, go back and listen, people. Um, But tell us a little bit about your background, why you got started with Genetic Garden, um, and kind of how you're different than the traditional nutritionist or what people would formally think, um, and how kind of you look at epigenetics and all that jazz. I think that's really interesting for our listeners. All right, let me take a big breath here. My background is uh, psychology, nutrition, exercise, physiology, and genetics. And I specifically started Genetic Garden because 23andMe was becoming very popular, which is a direct-to-consumer DNA uh, DNA test. And my mom got her results, and her her lack of education in genetics led her to misinterpret the results in a way that was going to be detrimental to her. Not only wasn't going to provide health benefits, it left her confused and a little angered, and, and it essentially told her that she needed to stick to a form of exercise that wasn't going to be beneficial for her. So I knew, knew I needed to fill the gaps between consumers and this direct-to-consumer testing. So then Genetic Garden is a little bit different. We do more than DNA. We focus on personalized lifestyle wellness that provides nutrition, exercise, and other lifestyle recommendations which focus on stress modifications and sleep uh, sleep habits. So we're very goal-oriented. I absolutely get to know a client before I provide any results for them. We look at the underlying root causes. So it's not just about masking symptoms. We look at stresses, toxins, adverse food reactions, and infections. So your genetics are just one factor within your Uh, personalized well-being. And those other factors are what are called epigenetics, those those lifestyle factors like age, sex, stress, sleep, and your current health status. They all factor into a a person's well-being. So we take all of that information, integrate it based upon the client's goals, and then prescribe nutrition, exercise, and other uh, modifications to help them achieve their goals. Awesome. Well, I love all of that. I think it's so important to not just get a test delivered, but really understand everything. And at this level of detail and specificity, I can't even say that word. So, but like the specifics of what you're being told, I think it's so important um, to be able to connect the talks in a bigger way than it just being kind of like a general description. So, that is um, so amazing that you've kind of filled that gap. Um, and to dig right into the hormone side of it, you know, being women, we're pretty familiar with hormone surges, especially now that we're pregnant. Um, but I want you to kind of explain kind of, you know, what's going on with our bodies when we're having a hormonal moment, like we are, you know, kind of what our husbands would say is like all of a sudden freaking out or we feel like that kind of rage emotion or crying out of nowhere type stuff that whether we're pregnant or not happens. Um, You know, just kind of walk us through a little bit about that. Well, most of your, most of your mood, it can stem from your hormones and a lot of your hormones are produced in your gut. So we have this systems oriented approach 
looking at your gut, your hormones, and those neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine and adrenaline that, that control your mood. And so what you're talking about is a, is a major imbalance, a, um, an acute imbalance in those things. Got it. Okay, that's helpful. Um, and I think before we get more into, like, the technical side of it, like, I mean, I'm just curious, and I'm sure other people are. We talk about it all the time, but what actually is PMS? Premenstrual syndrome, and so syndrome typically refers to many signs and symptoms, and often it's, it's due to one root cause. So... PMS, one problematic cause is due to an overproduction in a compound called prostaglandins, which are inflammatory. There's, there's anti-inflammatory and inflammatory kinds. And during PMS, it's, a, it's an overproduction of those inflammatory ones. So this whole body inflammation drives imbalances throughout the body, and that manifests with things like gas, bloating, pain, and headaches. So it's important to look to the root cause, this one being inflammation, and you can absolutely treat that with things like dietary approach and stress management. So let's break down these individual manifestations. Let's talk about bloating. One major way to help alleviate that would be to decrease sugar in the body, which by itself, sugar is an inflammatory food. So one way to do that is to incorporate probiotics, pickled vegetables, and, and kefir to maintain a healthy gut. Decreasing sugar would also help to alleviate some hormonal acne that many people suffer from. There's a cross-reactivity with your gut and your skin. They share the similar um, cell types. So when your gut is upset and inflamed, um, that kind of cross-reactivity can manifest on the skin in the form of hormonal uh, acne. So the next would be, um, let's talk about moodiness. That's a neurotransmitter issue. Um, so that, that would be those neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin. And many, most of your serotonin, about 70% of it, is produced in the gut. But that's only if your gut is healthy. So now we're into that gut-brain access. Serotonin is your happiness and overall well-being neurotransmitter. So keeping a healthy gut will help to regulate your mood in that one specific region. Um, and then other things we could talk about would be pain and cramps. It could be due to an, a mineral insufficiency like calcium or magnesium. One of the easiest things to do is a good old-fashioned magnesium uh, salt bath maybe adding some CBD oil into that and your favorite essential oil. If you do a lovely uh, skin scrub before you've exfoliated all of those dead skin cells, now you've allowed your largest organ in your body, your skin, to absorb all of that magnesium very readily. And that can, that can provide dividends in terms of pain and cramps. And an, another major caveat here is to really try to avoid using NSAIDs like ibuprofen and Advil, those anti-inflammatory compounds. For women, if we're talking about PMS and um, fertility in our, last, in our last podcast. So NSAIDs on a frequent basis, even just up to 5 to 14 days, can decrease your fertility, which is pretty scary in terms of that, that quick damage it can do. Um, another one would be managing your stress. So a 
pretty hot topic these days are adaptogens, which help to regulate your stress hormones like cortisol and regulate your whole HPA axis. And these are kind of wonderful because if you're low in stress, it can help increase your stress hormones. So if you're too fatigued, it'll help bring it up. And if you're too high, they will help bring it down. So that's why they're called adaptogens. They will bring you back to baseline. Um, can people, like, specific to adaptogens, where can people, like, get those? I mean, for people that are just hearing about I know it is a popular topic, oh. but for people that are just hearing about it for the first time? Sure. They're, they are pretty much everywhere right now. You can, get, you can get them in a tincture. You can get this brand called Four Sigmatic. makes little pouches for your coffee. Or you, they have coffee pouches or just regular mushroom. I believe they call them elixir packages. It tastes really good, and I have one of those. I have one of those every day. And then I Yummy. have um, Anima Mundi uh, adaptogenic with vitamin C. Um, a little tincture here, actually, right in front of me that I just put a little bit in my water every day. Awesome. Yeah, I love it. So another thing to think about are hormones themselves. So clearly, we're talking about regulating the hormones that we have. Well, if we're bringing too many into our body, then our body's going to be in um, estrogen dominance or just way too many hormones going on. Um, so the forms that you can get outside your body are called EDCs, um, endocrine-disrupting chemicals, and those worsen your PMS. They increase your breast tenderness. They promote weight gain around the midline, and then that actual fat that you get around your midline produces more estrogen itself. It's, a, it's an endocrine organ in and of itself. So it's a very cyclical situation which can, which can get dangerous. So they actually damage your DNA and um, they really just act like estrogens on steroids. So making sure we stay away from the kinds that we find in our environment, such as plastics, antibiotics, pharmaceuticals, artificial sweeteners, processed foods, um, and then even down to skipping meals or overall poor nutrition or lacking nutrients for detoxification. So some nice easy ways to fix this are making sure your diet has dark greens, onions, garlics, legumes, um, high fruits and vegetables, definitely having some fiber and some healthy fats like walnuts, avocados, nuts and seeds, and then definitely making sure you have some lean protein sources. Detoxifying processes require protein. And um, a nice little caveat there, that's why, that's why I'm very against uh, juice cleanses because they lack protein, and protein is one of the most notable requirements for detoxifying your body. Interesting. Interesting. So, <laughs> oh, go ahead, Estrogen on yeah, no. I'm like, estrogen on steroids, that sounds so scary, and I'm sure our husbands <laughs> would be fearful for their lives. <laughs> That's it why is, men think we're terrifying, scary. because we, when we have those surges of estrogen on steroids, we are terrifying, actually. It's not that they think we are, we are. Like, I've had moments where I literally flipped, I mean, this is back when I was Ironically, not eating as clean. I was eating a ton of sugar. Um, I was just 
you know, I was drinking. I was in the, like, early 20s and, like, I'm in college. I'm so fun. Um, and I literally would have these, like, emotional meltdowns. And I would just, like, flip. And it was almost something where I was, like, whoa, what just happened? Like, afterwards, I'm, like, what did just happen? It's almost like I blacked out. Like, I didn't know why I was being so emotional. And I, like, I never triggered it to that. But I um, – because I was not as in tune with myself and healthy eating and everything wasn't a big trend. I just started eating differently and being really aware, like, okay, you know, when I've had like five days of sugar, my body goes crazy. And um, it's so funny to know now, like I was actually really probably triggering some of those like meltdowns because I was just eating like college food and fast food and not really doing what I needed to do to, to support my body. Absolutely. And think about a lot of, as teenagers, right when we're able to drive ourselves, first time we're able to eat outside the house on our own accord, and of course, the first things we always go for are fast food, and it's, um, it's well definitely drives that cycle. <laughs> oh, Brooke's trying to get her Del Taco mention in there. It's a running <laughs> podcast joke. <laughs> but we oh have our. Gosh. Taco Bell and Del Taco debates. <laughs> and I ate some today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I literally, though, it was so funny. I thought about you, Emily, today because I woke up this morning and I'm like, I'm getting back on track, um, which went really well for the morning because I've been eating a lot of sugar and um, I just blame it on pregnancy. And I'm like, no, I'm like eating poorly. So I keep eating poorly. I got to like break cycles. So this morning I woke up. I had my coffee with collagen and I like went and got a, a green juice, a little toxin flush situation. And I ate my perfect bar and I was all excited. And then I was out and I had to get lunch and it was literally a lunch rush hour. I was around nothing that was good. So I was either about to starve for an hour and a half or two hours, or I had to break down and get two chicken soft tacos from Del Taco. So I did, but it was so funny because as I drove up, I was like, girl, this is supposed to be a reset day. Like what's going on? You know? So there's our Del Taco episode. (laughs) Heather, remember every meal you get the chance to start your cycle anew. So just because you have it at lunch doesn't mean the whole day is shot. That's really, which is so true because I went to Trader Joe's. And I got a sweet potato, and I got, um, like, a good mixed greens, and actually sauerkraut, which is in that pickled veggie situation that you just talked about, um, and blueberries, and avocado, and quinoa, and chickpeas, and I'm going to make a bowl tonight. So um, I have listened to your podcast, and I'm taking your advice. (laughs) Exactly. Well, remember last time we talked about cravings and how we should really treat things that maybe are a little bit adjacent to our our clean diet as a treat and not a cheat because once you thought of your Taco Bell as a cheat, then sometimes mentally you can just say, well, now my whole day's shot and I'm off the wagon. Screw it. Let's just keep going down this, this negative cycle. But if you just treat it as a treat and now you're back on track and everything is wonderful. Yeah, I love that. It's a treat, not a cheat. We got to like coin that somewhere because that's actually so true. Because even you just saying that to me right now, I'm like, oh, yeah, she's right. Okay, cool. I treated myself. Yeah. Now we're on to dinner. No, it's so smart. Exactly. All right. So since I we Del Taco um, derailed us, that's going to be our new term too. Um, <laughs> back on track. Um, I wanted to. In life and in podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
literally, literally. Um, <laughs> I want to dig in a little bit how to how PMS is different from um, prenatal mood swings because you know we're. I mean, technically, I guess we're not in both because we're not really PMSing since we're not having our cycles, right? I don't know. This is a good. This is a really good question. Yes, PMS. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, actually, yeah, okay, see, wow, pregnancy brain here, you just gave me the definition and I already forgot, um, but yeah, so we're having a different time of PMS, a prenatal mood swing, ooh, did we mean to do that, um, so what's the difference, like, can you break it down for us, is there a difference, are we just moody, like, what's what's that all about? <laughs> well, PMS, like we touched on, is is a lot to do with inflammation, and then when you are prenatal, you have a of environmental factors like like growing a baby that puts your body in a state of stress it's in an emergency state and so a lot of those lifestyle changes can can add to your your mood swings you have an, a hugely altered lifestyle situation so it's really important to maintain a normal diet which is extremely hard to do when you're pregnant. You have nausea, you have cravings, your schedule is thrown off. And then if you have another toddler in the house, your, your food choices are out the window and then you tend to start snacking on goldfish and things that are meant for toddlers and that kind of food changes can really drastically attribute to, to worsened mood swings. Um, they all change your hormonal production and balance even further. So it's really important. You literally just like describe my life. <laughs> I know. I'm like, so I can't eat goldfish. I'm like, mm. <laughs> okay. So his peanut butter crackers and and his like white cheddar popcorn snacks that I give him every once in a while not shouldn't be lunch for me is what we're saying. <laughs> it should be a treat, Heather. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I treat myself a lot these days, like a lot. <laughs> I'm so then you can choose well. on your next meal, Heather, to be better. Okay. Yeah, I'm <laughs> We're to, learning. Be I love it. <laughs> I'm just sitting here, soaking it up, eating my goldfish, having a couple donuts. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Judging on the side. <laughs> Quietly. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Um, oh, man. I, I mean, I really love, um, obviously, that you focus so much on um, hormones and genetics. And um, I think it's you know, good for us to kind of know more about, like, how do our genetics, like, play into our hormones, but specifically, like, our female-related hormones, like estrogen, are there connections, like, from our genetics um, to, like, mood swings? Like, when my mom was mad, does that mean that I'm going to be? <laughs> <laughs> genetics play a huge role. Um, there's, there's one specific I could talk about. Um, it's called COMT. And it, it's involved in the breakdown of estrogen as well as the breakdown of some of those neurotransmitters, catecholamines I mentioned, like dopamine and epinephrine. So this gene, it's, it's been labeled the warrior versus war, worrier. You can either have a high pain tolerance and a high threshold for stress or a low pain tolerance and a low threshold for stress. And often it's attributed to this one specific gene. Now, I know, I know we've talked about before that you can't always just blame everything on one gene, and this is a very good case for that. So it does play a, very, a big role in both hormones and mood. And so if you think about 
a teeter-totter, and you have excitatory molecules on one end and calming molecules on the other end. If that teeter-totter gets tipped one way and you have too many excitatory molecules, that, that can lead to anxiety. On the converse end, if, it, if the teeter-totter tips the other way, too many calming compounds could lead to depression. And so a lot, of, a lot of this imbalance can be due to this one gene. So hormones in your body are actually considered a toxin. And so in order to get rid of them, they have to go through your body's natural detoxification pathways. And COMT is a big player in that. So estrogen gets metabolized. And if it's not correctly being metabolized by this enzyme, it becomes in an overabundance. It gets recycled in the body, and then it becomes very problematic. And like we mentioned before, that estrogen dominance with all of those nasty side effects, this can also lead to that. The other way this relates to, um, to what we're discussing is with mood and the breakdown, the metabolism of dopamine and epinephrine, those excitatory compounds. If they don't get broken down properly, then we're looking at anxiety and mood swings and depression. So ways to fix this would be to make sure your diet is full of detoxifying foods. The cruciferous are one of the major players in detox. So that's broccoli and cauliflower and your Brussels sprouts, as well as garlic and onions. So these will, having these every day will help to clear your body's natural hormones. Um, other things are your B vitamins, because this enzyme relies on other nutrients to help it out. It can't do all of this all by itself. So it needs some B vitamins and magnesium and things like protein, water, and fiber. Two foods that have all of that wrapped into one are beans and avocado. So have those daily with some sort of cruciferous, and you'll, be, um, you'll set yourself up for a great environment to help your body detox naturally. So another thing to do to help regulate hormones, mood, and your genetics would be to decrease your stress having an overabundance of those stress compounds can really set your body up for, um, for a state of harm. And so this whole environment that we're talking about is this, the study of nutrigenomics, and that's how you're able to use and maximize your environment's influence on you. So those nutrients, the B vitamins and the detoxifying foods can regulate that genetic activity. So just because you're born with a bum gene doesn't mean you're you'll have to suffer the consequences. You can manipulate the way the genes work by what you're eating on a daily basis. And I think that's one of the most exciting things about what I do when people bring me their genes and they're just so saddened with the prospect that, that they think their DNA is their destiny. That's, that's one of the most exciting interventions I get to do. So when you um, talk about the warrior versus the worrier um, type mm -hmm. gene, that's something that you can identify through the testing that you offer to um, be able to say, I mean, I don't think you would say you have the warrior versus the warrior, <laughs> um, but is that like what, how you can identify um, through your testing? Yes. No, I actually give them scarlet letters that say warrior or warrior. 
<laughs> no, no. Yes, so this is just one gene. But again, if you look at it in a picture with other genes, it can be amplified or it can be mm. lessened. And then also it comes into play with your, uh, with your B vitamins and your methylation. Like many people have heard of the MTHFR gene. This one is closely related with that. And so you look at everything, all of these different puzzle pieces and how they are interrelated with each other. So I wouldn't ever just look at this gene in isolation. It's a very important one, but it's, it's right. just one puzzle in the piece. It's just one piece in the puzzle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is a puzzle to put together your piece of your body. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, man. Um, well, that is, like, insanely interesting. And I love how you kind of wrapped it up at the end Um you know, DNA is not your destiny. So just because this is your DNA makeup doesn't mean this is how you are. It's how you have been created. And you can nurture elements in different ways to, you know, have the experience you want. And I love that because, you know, to some degree, we're in control. Like if we want to eat differently to feel better, if we want to, you know, do X, Y, and Z, like we just have to understand. And then we can make these different types of choices. So um, I think I love just how working with you puts the power in people's hands to have that choice. Like some people may be like, yeah, this is a lot. I, I don't know if I can do this. Other people may be so dang motivated and they have the answers. So I just think that's so cool um, and just such a value that you're offering to people. Um, right. And, and let me think one, more, one more thing about yeah. that. So this, this one gene, for example, if you were to receive your result that said, that you have decreased activity of this one gene, then you might go out and self-diagnose and start taking certain supplements that would help this one specific gene. But if you don't look at it in its whole picture, taking supplements that help this one specific one might actually hurt you in the larger picture because it's too much of that one compound that would overdrive another gene. So it can be really Definitely. dangerous if people look at this on a micro level rather than a macro level. So you, the B vitamins specifically, people often go out and start supplementing with them. And if you have the MTHFR gene as well, you're not going to handle that well. You'll be way too anxiety-ridden, and it can, you can fare quite unwell. Yeah, no, that's such a good point, and it's true, and that's why I think your service is so incredible because you look at, you know, genetics as one piece of the puzzle. Um, you know, you're looking at so many different things that are environmental and everything that we talked about. So you're giving them, you know, so much knowledge to understand all these different areas and put together a plan versus like what you just said, oh, I signed up for, you know, my test. I got my answers. Here I go. Um, which is so important. I'm glad you, you brought that up as like a reminder because um, you do have to look at everything holistically. This isn't just like, you know, one specific thing can fix everything because like you said, it can offset something else. So that's such a good point. Right, exactly. Yeah, right. something, I think that's great how you expanded there, Heather, because it's something we talked about a little bit last week on the podcast um, was just like being an advocate for yourself. So if you know something's off, um, you know, just trying to dig deeper or finding someone like you, Emily, to help uncover these pieces to tell your whole story um, because it's not something that we can really do alone. If we're not educated in this space, you can't figure out 
beyond what you know. Um, you know, it's the you, know, you don't know what you don't know type of stuff um, that really helps to tell the whole story of your health. Exactly right. Yeah. So speaking of something we don't know, um, the next question I want to ask <laughs> Great is something segue. that I'm really I love not that. familiar <laughs> with. I know, right? I love finding a good segue. It makes me so happy. Um, I'm such a nerd. But men, I swear up and down they PMS, by the way. I always joke about it, and I'm like, oh, you know. And my, me and my cousin Jess actually joke about it. We're like, um, which shut the fig up, Jess is not my cousin. I wish she was. She's amazing. I actually have a different cousin named Jess. Um, but we always joke about, like, anyways, men PMSing. And they do experience hormonal fluxes. And I, I, like, you know, I don't necessarily see men losing their shit in the way that women do, um, except, like, road rage. So maybe that is their, like, meltdown moment. But um, how do men experience hormonal fluxes and, and, you know, maybe shed a little bit of light on that so we – we know they're, we're from Mars and they're from Venus or whatever, but I think we're on a little bit more of an even playing field in this whole hormonal thing than they want to let on to. They definitely experience some, some changes. I'd say their biggest change is what occurs at, with age, and that's, that's the onset of, of these lifestyle factors, an accumulation of poor diet, nutritional deficiencies, high blood glucose and poor insulin, all of these things start to, to add up as years go on. So then it could look like getting a little bit of weight around their, their midsection, looking like a tire belly. And then, like we mentioned earlier, that central adiposity starts producing its own estrogen in men as well. So once they start getting too much fat around their belly, then that starts producing estrogen, and then that starts creating man boobs. They're not, they're not, um, they're not accidents. They're actually produced by the same estrogen that we have as well. And then that leads to a decreased libido, decreased in virileness, and just overall, um, overall attributes that you might attribute to, to males. That's interesting. So it's not just about like gaining weight, but it is related to their hormonal flexes. Absolutely. Weight is, is its own hormone producing organ, depending on where it is. If it's that central adiposity that sits right around your belly, that mm-hmm. produces its own hormones, mostly estrogen though. So you can, you can slowly watch a man more slightly into a little bit more of a female style body the more he has that central adiposity. Hmm, interesting. Um, so interesting. back to the ladies. Uh, no, I guess it's not just the ladies. Maybe some men say this Good too. segue, um, Brooke. I was trying. I was sitting here. I'm like, what am I going to say to segue? Because I got to do it. <laughs> so pressure. Um, but no, there's a lot of obviously hormonal talk and people are becoming more aware and more educated. Um, but I think oftentimes people will use the term like, you know, oh, you know, mine or her hormones are out of balance um, when we're talking about, like, the way someone's being. But what does it actually mean when someone's hormones are out of balance? Like, what, how does that, like, show up for people? Oh, sure. So hormones being out of balance, you could imagine that teeter-totter again. You have too much of one compound and not enough of the other. And there's a few reasons that that can occur. Our hormones typically have a feedback loop that is supposed to shut their production off when they get too high. 
So your HPA access, it's a, it's a, a buzz topic these days. It's what produces cortisol, your stress hormone. Your pituitary tells the adrenals to produce cortisol. And when cortisol gets too high, it's supposed to self-regulate and go back upstream and tell the pituitary and the hypothalamus to shut off production. So when your switch and that feedback loop isn't functioning properly anymore, then you'll, then you'll um, continue to produce cortisol, leading to a chronically overstressed system. And that's pretty much what I, you know, 70% of Americans are, are suffering from right now, an overproduction. We're overstimulated and hypersensitive and um, too much cortisol now. And so the, one of the most significant ways to counteract that would be to activate your parasympathetic system. And that's introducing calming activities, you know, taking the bath we talked about earlier, going for walks without music, just letting your body get away from all of the noise and stress and TVs and phones that are just um, uh, always surrounding us. The other way is it would be due to a lack of nutrients in vitamins or minerals because let's go back to estrogen. When you need to ma metabolize estrogen to go down the stream before it gets excreted, it needs to be turned into a less harmful compound. And in order to do that, it requires vitamin B6 and magnesium. So if your diet is low in those specific vitamins and minerals, then you're not going to be able to metabolize those estrogens. And that's another way that you would um, end up in an estrogen dominant or a hormone out of balance situation. So a couple, couple different ways to get to imbalance there. Well, it's so interesting it. you mentioned kind of some things that are, sounded to me when you were describing it as overstimulation. So TV, phone, like screen time in general, um, noise, for instance, it's like taking a walk without music type stuff. It's kind of interesting because you don't really connect that necessarily as what could be putting your hormones out of balance. But when you think about it, if you are overstimulated and whether you know it or not, looking at that perfect Instagram, you know, profile or, or different ones over and over or watching a show that's stressing you out or just having, you know, overstimulation is going to create cortisol, which is going to imbalance. So it's like daily things people can be doing could actually also be affecting it too, if I'm understanding what you're saying correctly. Oh, definitely. Well, going way back to the beginning in, in terms of the epigenetic factors that that I look at with every single client. Stress is among the top, and we always break it down into all of the factors that do contribute to stress. And just like you're talking about, many people don't realize all of these different uh, contributing factors. So I give them tips and tricks on how to help monitor that. So for example, just mm -hmm. even your heart rate. So people might think, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm zoning out, I'm so relaxing while I'm watching TV. If you're measuring your heart rate, it could be actually through the roof because of the stimulation through your eyes. And maybe it's, maybe it's either just an, something you find exciting to watch or maybe, you know, it's like the battle scene from Game of Thrones and it's just crazy stimulating and scary. Then your heart rate is through the roof and that cortisol, that, par that uh, sympathetic system is in overdrive and that, uh, that zoning out you think you're doing is actually quite the contrary. 
I'm so yep. interested in this because I I literally watch shows and I get so into them. My husband always jokes like Heather, it's not real life. Like he's always making fun <laughs> about it, and I'm like, oh my, but no, like. I watched all the Chicago Fire Med PD. I watched, I mean, we watched some serious shows and I'm just like, I'm into them, you know? And it, I, I do get really worked up and stressed out. I don't know if you guys remember that show 24, but literally oh, yeah. that was like the most intense show of my life. I would, my girlfriend, when he was like, I'd hold the pillow and I'd be like totally freaking out. And so now I'm literally going to watch I got an Apple Watch for Mother's Day. I'm going to put it on when I watch TV at night, and I'm totally going to track my heart rate because I'm very curious to see uh, if what you just said is happening to me because I'm so into it. And I'm watching it, and I like it, but I'm, like, physically into it. And so I have a weird Thank feeling. Thank God that you that's don't probably watch Game of Thrones. Because I haven't even gone there yet. Apparently, I should have. No, you, like if you get that into shows, I'm like, shoot, I should have been measuring my blood pressure this whole last season because it was out of control. <laughs> Everybody you, you love just goes away when you don't even know what's happening. Um, oh my yeah, God. it doesn't, and it doesn't have to be just a physical manifestation. But your heart rate is one great because it's it's quantifiable and it's something that can be measured. So when I'm talking to clients about you are overstressed. Well, that term stress is so ambiguous and intangible that it's really hard to grasp that, that, that stress is causing actual physical damage to their body. But giving clients cues that are visible and tangible, like a heart rate monitor, gives them something that they can feel, see, and read and understand what stress is. So that's one of the, one of the cool little tools we use but but yeah go ahead and get one and, and uh get back to me i'm curious to see how high it skyrockets during the chicago fire that's <laughs> interesting. oh my gosh we watch them back it. to back too so it's like three hours of just like me pretending <laughs> i live in chicago and working like the government it's so ridiculous oh my gosh no that's oh interesting gosh. though what you're saying um emily it's like since the last time we got together i know i was talking to you about my sister and her struggle she's had with colitis and she's actually in the meantime been seeing a naturopath and you know doing all these testing similar to what you do and it's just like learning so much and she's gone through like cleaning out her diet and you know all the things that she should and shouldn't have trying to get herself to a baseline because she's in like a really bad state but what's interesting is the last time she was talking to her she said you know I still don't feel good and the lady's like this is stress like you like, it's not something you can see, you know, but it, you are mm-hmm. experiencing a ton of stress that it's really affecting your colitis flare-up. And so, and, you know, just I think it's things people don't think about because there's so many other things you can control, like your diet or, you know, whatever, going out and exercising, like she was doing all of that. But the stress right. levels were still so high, you know. Well, and another thing is people think that stress is just physical, but it's absolutely emotional and not just right. bad emotions. It's also positive emotions. Like I, I felt actual, my first physical manifestation of stress was actually right before my wedding. And I was the most elated I've ever been. But it was just so much happy emotion. I mean, that amount of positive stress is is stressful also so it's not oh, just about good bad physical or not you know it can it yeah. it really runs the gamut but it's just about identifying it it took me a while to figure out what it was 
And once I did, then, you know, all these little dominoes fell into place and I was able to work on that, manage my stress, and then I got, I got it all under control. Hmm, that's interesting because I think but, that's yeah. something that we probably experience. I know Heather and I will be up late nights working and it's like we have this adrenaline, you know, we keep going and all this, you know, you feel like it's really good, but I'm wondering like uh-huh. the effects of like positive stress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> happening. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that, I literally feel like I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to this myself, even though I was here because in talking through it with you, because there's so much amazing information. Thank you so much, Emily, for being so thoughtful in your answers. And um, you're just such a wealth of knowledge. It's always so fun to have you on here and just chat through all of our questions with you. Um, For anyone who is listening and wants to learn more or, you know, connect with you, tell us where they can find you. All right. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. And I will come over and break it down again for you anytime. I'll bring you some more pregnancy treats. Low blood glucose (laughs) regulating, of course. So (laughs) you can find me. um, My website is genetic-garden.com. My email is emily at genetic-garden.com. And Instagram is genetic underscore garden. Perfect. So thank you again, awesome. ladies. I really appreciated the time and yeah. questions. I love getting to talk about this. Yeah, I, I have know. to tell you too, Emily, because um, my mom doesn't always listen, but she like loved your podcast, and she tells everybody, like, have you listened to Brooke's podcast, specifically the one that Emily's on? From <laughs> she's like telling oh people, my like, oh my gosh, if this gets you to listen, I, great. I have heard but I'm great yeah, with mom, it. so that one doesn't surprise me. Yeah. My mom specifically. <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> So cute. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, you. thank you again, ladies. You are so, well, you are so welcome. Um, <laughs> thank you. I'm like literally, I, I swear, it's almost inching to the third trimester and my brain falls out. Like, I don't even know how I do life anymore. But thank you so much for being on, like we just sat and um, can't wait to find another way to have you back. I'm sure we will, um, especially as we kind of transition back into post, you know, baby and normal life and kind of getting ourselves back on track. So um, I'm sure we'll have around three. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Infant, (laughs) infant nutrition is, and, and uh, baby development is one of the most important times for DNA development and uh, production. So have me back. We'll talk babies. Oh, yes. I'll oh, that's true. for next time. <laughs> yeah, 2020, here we come. Let's hang <laughs> I love it. Oh, All right, Emily, okay. well, we will Bye, talk everybody. soon, everybody. Bye. To Bye, ladies. Week. Thank you. Not so fast. If you like what you heard here today with Emily, she did write a full blog post on her website, We have the link below in our podcast notes, so please click that and you can get so much more information from Emily. Thank you. Thank you for joining A Space for Soul. If you like what you heard, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. We'll We'll love love you you forever. For more information on today's topics, the notes from this episode can be found on our website, soulspace.co forward slash podcast. That's soulspace, S-O-L-S-P-A-C-E dot co forward slash podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at soulspace.co. Catch us next week at the same place, same time. And as always, feel free to tell a friend. Toodles. Toodles.